Before we begin today's episode, we have our Patreon shoutouts. That's Aperba, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Zach Duren, Paul Campaneshi, Rock the Green, Hanson Screenprint, and Lauren L. Thank you guys so much for supporting this little pod. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. This is your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We, of course, are your hosts. I am Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we do have uh, another great episode covering a really cool topic that uh, uh, Milwaukee has kind of become synonymous for and, and is just sort of something that you, uh, you that you know about the city uh the Bucks have featured, you know, this stuff in in their jerseys, and and uh, and there's even a new, uh, uh, a relatively new brewery kind of with yeah, this name yeah. in it. So it's uh, very cool. Uh, we're talking about Cream City Brick, uh, and uh, it's it's sort of, you know, uh, involvement in the city of Milwaukee and kind of you know being birthed here. And um, we also have Wisconsin Music. Uh, this is Contact High. They are, uh, are it, you know, we know uh, Uriah. Yeah, yeah. And, in fact, he may actually be coming on the show later as well to uh, Hopefully talk Hopefully talk us. about some beer, music, and some yeah. upcoming festivals. Because so. he's also a, a brewer, yeah. right? yep. So, uh, really cool stuff. Uh, hopefully we have that for you later as well. Uh, hey, if you haven't done so already, uh, please uh, review the show. Go to Apple Podcast and uh, throw a five-star. Throw something in there as a, as a uh, review. Um, Russ, I yeah. know you had something you wanted yeah, to talk about here. We we just had a review that's pretty pretty gnarly. I'm going to be honest, and and you pretty know, true also. Yeah, I mean, like there there is some truth to it. I mean, it's just sometimes it's not someone's cup of tea, right? I mean, like every episode we have to give a ten thousand foot view, and sometimes like I'm writing these things and they come in late. You can ask Dirge. Like sometimes it's down to the wire when I'm writing these things because yeah. we have jobs too, you know. And we you know now we're almost at episode ninety, right? So that's yeah. ninety individual historical things right yeah, so I that's mean, a lot i mean it, it takes a lot it, it takes us a long time um some of the stuff you know it because it's a ten thousand foot view it's close to the wikipedia page right yeah. i mean because you know it is very close because i'm reading these books but i also have to sum it down to make it like presentable no one wants i've also pulled information directly off of uh of uh wikipedia or you know other um you know sites like that you know as 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 resource uh material like i i'm not i'm not going to sit here and lie and, and i think the the thing that i have uh, an issue with most on the on the review is just uh, basically he says that you know the topics aren't for him he doesn't understand what's drunken about it he hates the music he, he, he thinks every piece of music that's on there is crappy he doesn't like that we review beers which is crazy because then he goes on to say that all we, we, all we do fish is fries we every... always pair them with fish fry <laughs> or cheese. definitely not true. Which is hardly even the, the case. So, um, To each their own, right, man? Well, I mean, so you, then, know? you know, when, when you give that sort of a review and then also at the end say, it's not my cup of tea, it's probably not going to be yours either. Well, that's fine. 
I mean, obviously we have. I didn't force anybody yeah, to right. listen to it. Yeah, like, exactly. If you're not into it. Don't. <laughs> yeah, just tune out, dude. I didn't write Oprah and tell her that I didn't like her show for 20 years. Like, I just didn't watch it. The show sucks. Yeah, but so we don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I like. It's just how it is. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, hey, no, I, I mean, but but also, we we do appreciate the good feedback, right? I mean, like, even if it's negative, we still want the feedback. So. If you guys can stop over in uh, either Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and give us a review, you know, maybe it's some critical feedback or maybe it's a five star, which uh, we'd greatly appreciate. And we would prefer if you do have uh, an actual comment uh, or or something, try to make it, you know, uh, uh, constructive in some way to tell yeah, us how yeah, we could sure. maybe do better instead of just saying this thing sucks. you're featuring shit <laughs> bands. It's like, well, we're just featuring Mo- like local Wisconsin like local, bands, and I don't bands. think any of them are shit so. that we featured. Honestly, like no. the talent here is incredible to me. Not at all. So fuck that guy. But it's also not gonna. Not every piece of music is gonna be for you. You know, you may exactly. not like that style of music to begin but with. It's nice to have a break. I mean, nobody wants a freaking two hour history lesson, right? Like I get bored when I had to take history to jump through hoops in college. Like I was fucking <laughs> falling asleep. Like exactly. I'd have to grab energy drinks and pinch my leg in class. I'm so, not even joking. So at least we give you that, that little bit of a mental break by throwing in different yeah. shit. You know, <laughs> exactly. Outside of it. And then again, like Russ said, it's sort of a, you know, a really zoomed out bird's eye view. It's 10,000 foot view of the so, historical lesson. <clears> so, so if you, if you want to learn any any more about our uh, our podcast itself or about how you can maybe support us through Patreon or if you want to buy a t-shirt or any other merch that we have available, uh, go ahead and stop by our website. That's WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Uh, all of the links uh, are, are laid out very easily for you at the top. Uh, no matter what you're looking for, you can find it there. Um, let's go ahead and jump right in. Cream City Brick, uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, so I got another one that's a little 10,000-foot view of the city of Milwaukee here. So for those that don't know, the reason for Milwaukee being called the Cream City is not due to milk nor beer, but instead for that, it, it's due to the color of the brick. Right. Um, it, the, the brick actually has a yellowish cream color to it. And the brick, brick being produced from the characteristics featured in the clay being found at the time contained lime and sulfur and was embedded in the western shores of Lake Michigan. The brick was produced in some of the earliest days in Milwaukee, as early as 1835, when city founder Solomon Juno hired a Canadian brickmaker, and I was looking for his name and I actually couldn't find it, um, who was residing in Mackinac, Michigan in the UP there, guy. Hey, if you... If you <laughs> if, <laughs> If you will, he, uh, he hired um, to assist in the production of these bricks right here in Milwaukee due to the abundance of the resource. And in the early years, it was uh, very minor in, 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 in you know, I was, wood was still kind of dominant. So these bricks didn't really take off at first. Yeah, I think it's the reluctancy to move to like a uh, an electric vehicle. You know, people just really liked wood. It was uh, sustainable and, uh, and it was probably... Ch- cheapish i would yeah and i don't think you know it probably didn't even if you think about it like the milwaukee fire when everything was made of wood and the whole like the whole city burned down you know like they wish they would have built something out of brick and then around 1850s though the growth growth was not quite as high in demand for the brick there are some buildings that are early in milwaukee's history um one was the saint john's cathedral in um, milwaukee which is a masterpiece a lot of the churches almost all the churches around here are yeah. And these are some of the earliest ones in Milwaukee history. Yes. In 1881, the need for brick was in high demand and was and was being used all throughout the city. And the bulk of the clay was found along the bluffs overlooking the Menominee River Valley and through the Bayview area, which is where many of these companies where the bricks were located, including what is now Third Space and the Benoni Fitch Bricks Works, where uh, we yep. definitely sucked down some brewskis, one of our favorite <laughs> watering holes. 
And uh, one of the largest producers being ran by uh, George Burnham and his older brother. George and his brother, Jonathan Burnham, were brickmaker's sons who would come from New York to set up their craft in Milwaukee in 1842. And just two years later, they were making bricks in the Menominee River Valley area. And after just four years in business, were able to expand. In the early days, much of the work was done by horses and just the pure brawn of the workers. In, in the need to be more efficient, one of the employees known as Mr. Marshall patented one of the first operable brick-making machines, thus revolutionizing the company, increasing efficiency. The brick machine made it able to churn out more bricks at a much lower cost. And by 1881, the Burnham Brickyard was able to employ 200 men and peaked creating about 15 million bricks per year, being one of the largest in the world. <clears throat> which is wow. pretty incredible. Yeah. It was in 1846, Hiram Ransom Bond became a general contractor in Milwaukee and helped building many of the Cream City brick structures you'll see throughout the city today. He would then go on to form a partnership with Bond and Hatchet to manufacture bricks for many of his projects, and they would go on to form Cream City Bricks on the north side of the River Valley. They employed roughly 125 workers and a payroll of about $2,800 a month for their output and would hit about 6 million bricks at their peak production. So these were the two big players in Milwaukee's area. Yeah. In the Milwaukee area. The demand continued to grow and started spreading all around the Midwest due to these two gigantic companies, along with 10 others listed in the city directory at the time. Initially, the shipments were carried out by big tugboats, but then the, rail the railroad came to the River Valley area and things changed drastically. And more bricks uh, could be shipped further th throughout the Midwest. Things like Rexnord and some of those yeah. large companies down there. And if you're in if you're in the Menominee River Valley today, a lot of those bricks are the Cream City bricks from the original foundries. Yeah, they didn't they didn't move far, you know. Today, many structures throughout southeastern Wisconsin areas still exist using many of the brick structures, including such. Uh, including a lot of Whitewater, including portions of the campus. And I'm sure if you're on the campus, you're going to see a lot of the Cream City bricks around yep. Whitewater. And by the first decade of the 20th century, however, the Cream City brick was replaced by a much more industrialized red brick, which were much harder and much more resistant to the brutal weather, less expensive and becoming what we know today as a standardized. And the manufacturing of these Cream City bricks kind of dried up and ended in the 1920s. Yeah. But not without leaving a legacy of many structures we still see today throughout the Midwest. And some of the more notable places, including uh, St. Mary's Church, the Nat National Soldiers Home, which is right downtown by the lake there, and uh, Milwaukee's Turner Hall, which yeah. is huge. I've been there multiple times. Yeah, yeah, and Turner Hall, I mean, it's just a, a massive Cream City brick. I mean, it's it's awesome. And Eric, I know you have some uh, Cream City brick in your bathroom, correct? In the chimney foundation there. Yeah, yeah, the chimney is... Uh, uh, basically just made out of the normal cream city brick yeah but yeah it's just a pretty cool like piece of history in early milwaukee and if you're gonna just drive around and uh i know i got some pictures but if you guys have some pictures and you want to share them we'd love to see some of the cream city bricks even in your area i know a lot of the midwest has those pretty much anywhere you go you're gonna see them even iowa as far as dubuque i've sure. seen some of the cream city bricks there as well yeah so if you get a chance definitely send us some images and uh, we hope you guys appreciated this now on to the music segment all right, so as promised, music segment is where we're at. Uh, this band is uh, uh, someone that we know uh, yeah. uh, from high school and, and uh, being that from... skate scene, punk yeah. scene, early 2000s punk scene when we were playing music. Exactly, was... being from uh, the Elkhorn area and and uh, being interested in all the same shit. I mean, it was uh, uh, inevitable that, uh, you know, eventually we would cross paths again, especially... 
that uh, Uriah makes uh, beer, makes music. Yeah. All the great things. He's you know? worked at a couple breweries, and we'll probably hear from him later in the show today, so you can yeah. kind of hear a little bit about his story and yeah. uh, his music. And, uh, yeah, the Delvin area kind of had, like, that skateboard punk scene. Yeah. In the early 2000s, I remember playing some of those shows with uh, Alex Mylink. Yep. And I know you were kind of playing music at the time, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool that we were reconnecting and uh, getting to feature their song, uh, Comatose, which is what, the one we're featuring today. Yeah. And yeah, Very you could, cool, uh, uh, I mean, multi-influential uh, sound. I mean, yeah, you can, I mean, you can pick out pieces of, like, early Elvis Costello-type punk, a little ska. bit of that, that Bruce Springsteen kind of vibe to it, uh, cadence, you know, and then ska, like you said, because you get that that brass in the background. You it's, got some reggae roots in there too. Like yep. it's just a great song, and we're like happy to feature this one. So yeah, without a, yeah, without further ado, we got a contact high comatose. That was, again, Contact High. Uh, the song was Comatose. Uh, absolutely cool stuff. Really cool. Like I said, kind of that multi-influence. You can hear it in, in different areas of the song, different pulls from different genres or bands. Incredible stuff. stuff. So, I can't wait to yeah. see them live. I know uh, you got to yeah. check out their website and see what live shows. I know your eye is going to come on and talk about a festival coming up, which is sure. pretty awesome. Yeah, so. that'll be awesome to, to hear about. And uh, now we're on to our beer review, and we've got uh, – 
there was a, a special release of a Milwaukee Love series, which was a six-pack uh, featuring uh, six different collaboration beers. Yeah, and they're freaking awesome, man. I mean, yeah. this one collaborates. Um, It's 1840 is the brewery actually making these, and it's really cool that Milwaukee's doing this. It also features Girls Pint Out and also Barley's Angels. So you got to go and check them out on social media. They yeah. usually post some pretty cool stuff. I think we follow them on Facebook at least. Yeah, yeah. So, But, yeah, Love Milwaukee is like a uh, cross-cultural collaboration celebrating Milwaukee's love of beer and beverage and to further show the love extends to the diverse people that make the city up. This Milwaukee Love series is a six-pack crafted by a coalition of six breweries and six social justice organizations meant to raise awareness and bring us together. And the one we're drinking today, like I said, is from 1840 Brewing Company. Yeah. And this one is Milwaukee. Milwaukee loves supporting women and it is a scotch ale brewed with rye uh, coming in at 5.5% alcohol by volume. The can's pretty neat. It's actually like a minimalist can. Like the art is, it's like a gray yeah. color has like Helvetica font that says Milwaukee loves. And then like in a script, it's saying supporting women, which is really cool. It's like an underlying script where they fill in the blank kind of thing. Yeah. Just a really cool can. And uh, Eric, can you f- tell me where you found this beer at? Cause I'm really excited. This one, this. this one was actually a gift. So my birthday was, couple weeks ago um and uh, a co-worker of mine uh, rick had gotten me um th- this six-pack and i was just like that's really rad because now we literally have like six new uh really cool beers to to review but then also to uh, uh help support you know i'm re- really glad to hear that he you know picked this one up and yeah each one has its own uh, uh kind of story and its own partners kind of behind it and and uh it, it makes this segment even even that much more cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. Supporting women. No matter women. what that other guy said in that review about hey, our beers, get out. This of one here. definitely will be good with a fish fry, a, fr- a fish fry, <laughs> and ch- and yeah. freaking cheddar nugs. Yeah, exactly. This is definitely going to taste good with cheese and a fish fry, buddy. Dude. Listen here, here, pal. Get out of your pal. You don't want me to get serious and use you, uh, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, hey guy. Buddy. Listen here, pal. That's how you that's know. That's the worst. That's the one. Oof. Listen so. here, pal. There's a bunch about to happen. Yeah, dude. There, there's, buddy. A, there's a Holy knuckle sandwich smokes. in your future. <laughs> buddy. Here, listen here, pal. But this one, yeah, it pours really nice. Um, It has like a dark brown hue to it. And it's a scotch ale with rye. So you're getting that like scotch ale flavor like right off the bat. Yeah. You know, that strong it's only, rye. It's only five and a half percent. Which is, so it's yeah, not it's like, not, you know, sometimes those scotch ales like can get to like 9.9, well, 10%, which like yeah. rip you up. Well, and, and I think the the reason for some of that is because of the, the darker malt that they use. This rye uh, has a, a pretty high sugar content. And then you mix that with that yeast, and it's going to make a bunch of alcohol babies. In yeah, there. the initial sip, obviously, you're getting the rye up front, like a very grainy, malty. Not a lot of not, there is bitter, but not a lot of bitter coming out right away. Like right. you're getting a lot of that maltiness up front. I'm getting yep. a lot of rye. It's, it's caramely. It's it's, uh, um, you know, I I think I've said multiple times on here, I'm not a huge fan of darker beers. This is darker, but it still has, uh, um, less of the the real chocolatey creaminess. This is really kind of more of a straightforward, you know, nice uh, 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 carbonation. It's great. Yeah, after the negative 30 uh, weather, this 13-degree uh, day feels like summertime, though. I'm going to be honest. So that's kind of nice. This yeah. will warm you up really good. Yeah, this will thaw out your gym bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your, <laughs> your curds will be squeaking. Listen here, pal. But, yeah, uh, this one pairs well with a fish fry. Yeah, this one definitely pairs Culver's. well with a nice fist fight. Uh, this one, <laughs> nice, this fight, nice punch the old geezer. This one uh, pairs really well with getting kicked out of your hometown bar. 
Oh yeah. Um, not being allowed back for, you know, being basically on timeout. Um, this one goes really good with, uh, uh, keying your uh, ex's car. Ooh. This one will get you there. Oh yeah. Yep. It'll get you to a how many loco segment. Yeah, this, this will uh, give you a felony. <laughs> <laughs> But no, this one is great. I really love this beer, Eric, and I'm really yeah. glad. I, I love the story uh, with the collaborations and stuff. I, and you I, know what? If you get a beer tab on this one, at least you're supporting women with your beer tab, right? Absolutely. And we, we can't say more. I mean, supporting women, heck yeah, women's rights, women's rights just, to vote, body image, whatever. It you just know? makes sense. Heck know? yeah, and this is just great, We all man. bleed the same blood. Heck yeah. Let's cheers to that, dude. Supporting women. And you're at drinking the, out of the hodag glass. Oh, yeah. Supporting women right from the podcast here. Having a sip of beer and supporting women at the same time. You can't beat that. Yep. Grab a seat. Gather around. Join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks. You know what that means. And today we got a doozy for you. It's how many locos you at. And, and Russ, this is the classic case of uh, a fib trying to think that they can hang. Yeah, with the Wisconsin um, dive bar. It just, so. it never ends well. It's not a pretty scene. It's uh, it leads to Fast and Furious yeah. type deals. Oh, so. yeah, The Rock. <clears throat> so, <laughs> uh, this is a hit and run turned into a chase that reached 100 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. Uh, this is in Walworth County. Um, the driver ultimately was arrested for a fourth offense uh, OWI. Uh, so this individual is about 68 years old. Oof. He is a fib. Again, this is uh, Prophetstown, Illinois. I have no idea where that is. I'm just assuming it's a trailer park area. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh, so this uh, individual fled sheriff's deputies after hitting another vehicle on Highway 50 near Lyons. She's by our hometown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is about 70 miles southeast of Madison. Close to uh, just Lake to Geneva. Give you, exactly. Lyons is right between Lake Elkhorn Geneva Lake and Burlington. Yeah, Elkhorn Lake Geneva is mm-hmm. like in uh, Burlington. It's like in the Triangle area. Yep. Small I think it's right area. off of uh, uh, 36. I bet I know a bar he was yeah. on, too. I'm not going to say anything because I know that bar. Yeah. Um, so this individual, uh, 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 so I guess there was a uh, um, so hit and run of another vehicle on Highway 50, uh, and and uh, we don't nothing nothing was said about like if the other car was moving or you know whatever, yeah. Because uh, there's parts of Highway 50 through, like, Kenosha and stuff that there are vehicles parked on, like, the side of the road. I don't know. If it is the bar that I'm thinking of, it's probably a cars on the side of the road because they have bands there a lot of times. Exactly. So, so they probably hit a car on the side of the road. And then, obviously, all through, you know, uh, uh, Lake Geneva with Highway 50, it's all, yeah. you know, there, there are different areas that aren't, like, 55 miles an hour. Yeah. And, um, so this individual had that hit and run happen. Uh, deputies then chased the individual down Highway NN. That's... Uh, right out uh, really near uh, uh, that Lake Geneva area for mm-hmm. sure. Um, reaching speeds up to 100 miles per hour. Um, and again, that was in a 30 mile per hour zone. That'll so this, get your license taken away. Yeah. This Illinois man also made some U-turns and turned off his headlights. Uh, all in attempt to you know evade uh, all the authorities and, and uh, try to get out of all this punishment here. But... I mean, once they know where you are, man... You're done. I mean, this isn't like a big city where you can potentially, you know, take lose the, them. Take the DUI at that point, you're done, bud. Well, all you're doing is making it way worse. The fines are going to be, you know, way worse. The the jail time or, you know, is all going to be just through the roof. So, um, tire spikes were actually used oh, uh, on this, which, once it gets to that point, I mean, for fuck's sake, like, yeah. you've, you've done it. That's the that's the police version of 
L- look here, pal. Yeah, that's that's the two stars on GTA Five. Yeah, dude. Like when the cops are coming, they're yeah. laying spike strips down. So yeah, the spike strips were d- deployed, and uh, that's what eventually stopped this chase from happening. Uh, the uh, individual um, is charged with, uh, uh, or tentatively charged with, two counts of first degree <laughs> recklessly endangering safety. The fourth OWI, the which we said, uh, speeding on a freeway, hit and run, uh, failure to obey. Um, and fleeing uh, police officers. So, uh, big big amount of stuff Oof. here on the table. Uh, we don't have uh, a whole lot of, other than uh, we know that this is a fourth, and it, he's nearly seventy years old. So, hundred miles per hour though, he might actually be on the loco. This old guy might have cranked a loco. Down. This was Richard Petty. Richard <laughs> Dick Petty. <laughs> Oof. Richard Dick, Sweaty, dude. Dick Holy Petty. smoke. Yeah, I'm saying right now, um, nearly seventy year old. Uh, Illinois man trying to come up north and try to you know hang with the uh, with the actual you know hard hard asses of drinking original 1848 style shit here. <laughs> it just doesn't end well. Uh, and he proved once again it doesn't end well ever. And uh, I'm 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 fairly confident that I have some sort of a figure on this. Uh, yeah, I do too, actually. So um, we got 68 years old, hit and run, DUI, fourth offense. Still able to, you know, go 100 miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got a number. This one's a pretty much cut and dry for me. Yeah, I I feel very similar. Do you want to go 3-2-1 on this one? You got it. 3-2-1-12, locos. So I was I was sitting at the 8. I, I really was close. Going to, for the I Ocho. was close to saying 12. So, um, the only reason meet? why I went from the, the 12 to the 8 was because of the, the speed. Um, normally, at 100 miles an hour, you'd imagine this person's going to wreck his shit, and he didn't. I mean, the the hit-and-run part, you never know what that was about. Yeah. But the the ability to go 100 and a 30, which let's just talk about that really quick. Can you imagine going 100 miles an hour through, like, let's say, downtown Lake Geneva? <laughs> That'd be, that'd be gnarly. Yeah, or any so, one of the roads that yeah. lead away from Lake Geneva to uh, Elkhorn or Burlington. All of those are twisty, windy, bullshitty roads. You're going 100 fucking miles an hour, and he didn't crash? I'm saying that's the reason why I went a little on the lower side instead of marching up to that 12. Do you want to meet in the middle then go for a 10 local yeah. on this one? Yeah. Let's meet in the like middle that's area. A safe, that's a safe call. Sound that gavel. All right, today we're here with Uriah who we featured on the show from Contact High. Uriah, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? Not too good, bad, man. It's, it's been a while since I've seen you at uh, Grant and Morgan's wedding, man. You were wearing a yellow. Oh, yeah, that, that was definitely a good time. I was pretty uh, pretty in the bag there that night. Yeah, me too, man. I was dancing it up, dude. And you were the Don- <laughs> you had a sick-ass Donnie Brasco jacket there, buddy. Oh, I know, dude. It was, was full-blown <laughs> 70s porn, man. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> too bad you didn't have the porn stash, too. <laughs> yeah, I should have had one. <laughs> but yeah, let's hear about the music, man. I mean, we just featured Comatose, which is like just a freaking incredible song. Yeah. Can you tell us about the band? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we started during COVID, actually. So originally it started off as me just trying to uh, just start a new product during 2020. Since the shutdown, we were, you know, I feel like not only myself, but other musicians were really bored and uh, without without playing or anything and not even having human contact. So after that blew over a little bit, um, I messaged my buddy Tim McQuinn, who happened to be part of a band called the Brothers Quinn, which are uh, kind of a folk Irish rock band. Yeah, we know and, those guys uh, very well. Yeah, yeah, those guys are always fun. So uh, he was taking a break at the time from them because of you know the pandemic. So me and him got together and we're like, let's start a reggae band, dude. And it was just us two at first. And we're like, okay, now where are we going to find a bass player? Because I have no idea who plays bass anymore or who still does it. You know, 
And uh, we got uh, Anthony Russo, who uh, his family owns Rigatoni's in Delavan. Got amazing yeah. food. Oh yeah, there. heck yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, him and Tim were really close friends, um, and so I decided to pull him in. So it was us three for a little bit, kind of a trio. We sounded more reggae punk at the time. Really weren't ska until we added the horns. And when I was working at Second Salem Brewery, um, there was a regular that came in who was a college student who happened to play for the jazz. Uh, band out there and also he happened to play New York uh, Carnegie Hall actually for some trip rather and so uh, me and him started talking I was like hey dude we, you know have you ever been in a band before and he's like no no and his name's Adrian by the way our trumpet player and uh, I was like why don't you come over and jam with us we're a little you know kind of you know edgy kind of we're a little more punk at the time I guess right and, you know because we weren't really established in our sound and uh, we invited him over and he blended in really good he has all these very jazzy horn riffs and then uh, we were like, well, should we, we should add to it. So we thought about maybe trombone or uh, saxophone. And I was leaning more towards sax because sax just has a really smooth, sexy sound to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Careless Whisper, dude. George Michael. Right. Yeah, oh, Careless Whisper. <laughs> right. That's a perfect example. I mean, it doesn't get much smoother and sexier than that. I'm rock hard right, right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm listening to that song once I get off with you guys. I'm going to jam it, jam it while I'm in my shower. <laughs> but um, uh, a woman's name uh, by the name Therese got brought up by our bass player, and I've never actually been in a band with you know with a woman playing the horns at all. I was like, dude, let's do it. I'm, I'm all down for having a chick in the band, dude. I'm excited. So we pulled her in, and, man, it was magic with them, too. So it was really really cool the way we gelled and we progressed pretty fast within six months we had our first show and that was at uh old wisco and delvin new year's eve oh yeah uh, sure. 2021 yeah and ever we had about 200 people at that show and we didn't even release anything yet this is our first show but we kind of hyped it up a little bit so um and then we just kind of went from there and started booking and booking i pretty much hit up every bar in the area just hey we're contact guy they really didn't I don't think they really liked the name at first because they're like, okay, they're, you know, our, <laughs> yeah. our image, our image is exactly what it is. Like we're pro legalization. Let's just normalize it. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, yeah. It's, and then we're all a bunch of beer snobs and, you know, pot smokers. So we're like, you know, we didn't have a name at first in um, contact high since Adrian doesn't really partake in those kind of things. We're like, dude, are you catching the contact high? You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. That's like, a good, great name. Just, they kind of just formulated there. I think I was listening to Kokomo by the Beach Boys one night, and one of the lines was, um, uh, like, catch a tropical contact high. And I was like, dude, that's amazing nice. right there. So we had a bunch of other weird names up in, uh, that were, uh, you know, that got brought up at first, and we decided to keep contact high. And I went and got a logo made from um, a local guy out here uh, named Chris Pavelatis. He designed our logo, made banners for us and stickers and all that. So. Yeah, no, man. I, I think it like fits really well too, especially with the sound. And uh, what is like, I wanted to ask you too, uh, what are some of your influences? I mean, we were kind of getting like, obviously you got like the sky, like the madness, things like that. And yeah, mighty, mighty sure. Boston's, which it's really sad. I just heard they just broke yeah, after up. After 20 years, broke up. 20 they years. did just break up. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's a really cool band too. Mighty, Mighty Boston's is actually an influence to all of us. And uh, we know what? We are probably going to cover a Mighty, Mighty Boston song Heck sometime yeah. this year. Um, just because we do covers too live, we just don't do originals. We do about half and half. But actually, that kind of bummed me out too because I actually got to see them on a reunion tour uh, when I was seventeen, and they blew me away. They were amazing. Yeah, they're great. They really yeah. are. They're fun. They're energetic, and I kind of want to have that energy. You know, ska bands have are known for their bounciness, their energy, their hooks. 
And I kind of want to keep that too. I want to keep that catchy kind of uplifting spirit about ska that's been gone through the early, you know, 80s, late 70s to through, through the third wave ska era, you know? Oh yeah, that stuff is just incredible. I mean, I still listen to that stuff. I don't know about you, Eric. I mean, like the ska, like... What was it like? Less than Jake. I mean, I got oh, yeah. huge into that, especially right. early two thousands when we were playing music. Big D. Back then. Oh, Big D. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, Big yeah. D. The Kids Table for sure. And see, like our influences are pretty much that, and then like the seventies two tone ska, which is like the Specials and the Selector Madness, the English yeah, beat. Yeah, for sure. We like, we like all that stuff, and then also reggae. Reggae was original. Was actually the original idea for the band, but I was like, dude, do we really want to play every single song reggae? Let's kick it in the ass a little bit. You know what I mean? A lot of upstrokes, um, right? Yeah. When we, uh, I mean, we were really inspired by like Toots and the Maytals and like Peter Tosh and Bob yeah. Marley too, as well. So we're all about the reggae. Yeah. And then we wanted to find out too, because I heard you guys have a show coming up. Yeah. We actually, I just booked eight shows in the last week. Nice. Hell yeah, man. Congrats. Yeah, so actually, I like to list. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to list all of them, but just the, the, the more yeah. important ones. Um, our comeback show, we did take two months off um, for the winter uh, for January and February. I think it was kind of nice because uh, our bass player just had a newborn, so you know he needs family time, which I totally get. And it's kind of winter, and we don't want to. Honestly, I don't want to be hauling all this shit in the cold. You know? Right, right. It's uh, we just spent a lot of money of our money we made from the band into sound equipment, and you know, I'm talking two thousand dollars worth of stuff, and I don't yeah. want it to get cold. You know, that can mess with all the electronics. So it's kind of a good a good judgment in our in our end to you know take a quick break. Yeah. But our comeback show is going to be at the Elkhorn Saloon on March fourth, and every time we play there, it gets rowdy and it's fun. That's what we like. Hell yeah, that's one of my favorite so, places to go in Elkhorn. Saloon. Yeah, it's really the only place to go in Elkhorn now. I agree, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have to agree with you there. And yeah, then, and I wish there was more bars that would pop up, you know, within the area. But, you know, it is what it is, and Elkhorn Sloan's not a bad spot. No, not Very at true. all. Yeah. And then yeah, and we, we kind of fit in that tiny corner in the front, so it's kind of hard sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But we make it work. You just keep in. Awesome. Yeah, and we, we saw a, a bill for uh, one of the shows you guys got coming up in Eagle, Wisconsin. You want to tell us about that? Yes, I would love to talk about that. So, Feed Your Head Fest has been going on for a couple of years. Um, I'm speaking right now on behalf of Tim Townsend, who's actually the uh, – uh, he organizes the event and he sponsors it through Black Circle Records, which is a record store out downtown Lake Geneva. Um, so, he it's actually his festival that he sets up. It's actually happened before. The last time it happened was last year um, – out somewhere, I think it was in more Illinois. It took place. It was kind of more low key because of the COVID crap. But uh, the last official festival they had was 2019, and that was the House of Music off of H and going into Lake Geneva. And I ended up playing that solo. So he approached us. Contact Guy was the first band to be booked on that uh, on that specific uh, on this year's um, uh, Feature Head Fest. Nice. So I was really honored for him to ask us right away. But, uh, so it is a camping, it's a two-day event. The night, Friday, it's going to be, let's see here, Friday it's going to be a couple bands playing kind of acoustic jams, and then Saturday you can camp there, and then Saturday um, it will be some of more of your main full bands, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a band from Texas called Jason Kane and the Jive, they're amazing, really like, you know, 70s, like neo-rock, like they're, they're newer, they're kind of like Wolf Mother, if I, if I could compare them to somebody, nice. they'd be yeah. Wolf Mother, right. Um, they're from San Antonio, Texas, and I played with them before, and they're really cool dudes. So I'm actually really excited for this year's 
lineup. And Earth Mother, they're from up north, I believe. I want to say it's Baraboo. And they're more of your kind of jam rock, you know what I mean? And they, yeah. they tear it up. They're very blues-driven, and I like them a lot. So um, a few of the other bands I've actually never heard of, so it's kind of cool to be with other local bands and just kind of seeing what everyone's doing. So I'm pretty stoked about it. And as far as I'm aware, we're the only ska band playing, so hopefully they either like us or they're going to hate us. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And then we wanted to talk to you about the song we featured today, Comatose. Uh, how did that song come about? Um, actually, um, when we first started, uh, it was going to be like, oh, we're going to do a couple covers. And I was like, when I told Tim we were going to start the band, I was like, hey, man, I got a bunch of songs already written, and I played them acoustically prior to uh, forming Contact High. And uh, I was like, you know what, these songs would be great for, um, like, that kind of what we're doing. And so Comatose was actually one of the first songs we did that was an original and I wrote the lyrics to that. Obviously, it's about a girl. Uh, you know, yeah, less song. Yeah. Um, I, I think I wrote it out when I was living out in Seattle, actually. Uh, I can remember that. It's been, it's been in my book for about four or five years, at least. Yeah, yeah. So, but, um, no, that if you hear the horn solo, that's Adrian, man. He really delivers on that. I really like that part of the song oh. a lot. Super, so, uh, super hooky. You know what I mean? Yeah, it gets yeah. stuck in your head. It's great. And actually, the tempo change was the band. They Actually, Tim brought that up. He's like, you know, we should change the tempo right there during the chorus, kind of bring it down a little bit. Yep. I'm like, good idea. And now it just, that song flows to me, and that's the reason why I picked that song. I was like, dude, this is the song, because it's my favorite off of our EP. And that's a super reggae thing to do, just sort of yes, in the middle, is. you know, a bridge or even just in the middle somewhere, just to kind of drop it down. The police do that shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, such it's a, a such a good stuff. Yeah. They were good at the police were good at really mixing like the pop with the reggae and kind yeah. of just doing it their own way. They weren't like a total ripoff of like reggae culture, you know, like the Jamaican reggae culture. They kind of just went and did their own thing and like, oh, this is what we're influenced by as well, and you throw it in there. Yeah. Stuart Copeland, I mean, one of the best drummers of all time. I mean Oh, sure. He's great, man. I like Stuart Copeland a lot. For being a three piece, those guys are badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, this is great, man. I'm glad we had a chance to talk to you about the song we're featuring today, and uh, we can't wait to come and see you. And we'll definitely share a brewski while we're out there, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely come out. Uh, we do have merchandise and all that stuff too. We just got a new order of shirts and hats, so hopefully we're gonna start awesome. printing more of those. Yeah. Cool. So. Yes, yeah, sounds good. And yeah, Uriah, where can we for our listeners? Where can we find you guys at? Um, our, with our EP, the six song EP, uh, we're, out, we're available on all streaming services. I went through DistroKid, so everything DistroKid does, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, you can tell your Alexis to play Contact Guy, it'll come up. Awesome. Nice, nice. Great. And then, yeah, do you guys have social media presence as well, where we can find you yeah, guys? Right, we got Facebook. We, we're, I'm running Facebook, and then I'm going to start Instagram shortly here again. Awesome, cool. Uriah, man. We can't wait to see you guys perform and uh, grab a couple brews. And uh, thank you for spending time with us on this Sunday, man. Yeah, no problem, man. You guys take care. Thanks again for having me. And also just contact Kai as a whole. You know what I mean? I wish those guys were here to talk with me as well. It was so last minute. But uh, I do want to thank the band, too, because, they, you know, we wouldn't be doing this without all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you, and you can believe, better believe we'll be promoting these shows for you guys, too, yeah. man. I appreciate the push, man. That's that's really greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you, Ross, and thank you, Eric. You guys are wonderful, man. Sounds thank good, man. You, you have so a good much, Sunday. Ryan. Enjoy a couple brewskis today, man. All right, definitely. You take right. it easy. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.
All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch watch out for deer on your way home. home.